The galaxy is burning, brother fights brother, and treason splits the Imperium of Man. This is the Horus Heresy. Whether you're a warrior of the Legionis Astartes, an adept of the Mechanicum, or a mortal in a galaxy of madness, you'll find your place here. Welcome to the Remembrancer's Retreat, broadcasting deep within the bowels of the Vengeful Spirit. Remembrancers Retreat. I'm Jesse. I'm joined today with Austin, David, Pat, Robbie, and if if Stephen can get some bandwidth in West Virginia. Oh, he just dropped out. So yeah, it's going to be us. So, yep. So how's everybody doing tonight? Good. I- Good. Doing excited. Cool. So I have to kick things off tonight. We'll uh, discuss what we've been up to. And I know we didn't get together last week, but in the past two weeks, we've had two Christmas events. Uh, The first one was December 1st down in Richmond at Battlegrounds, where we had our Secret Santa and Mega Battle, which was a lot of fun. I think uh, Austin, Pat, and Robbie were there. I can't remember if Robbie was there. Dave, were you there? I can't remember. Dave was was there, there. but I wasn't playing. That's right. You're playing Necromunda at the table. I was. I was. Right. Scratching an itch, man. Yeah, man. Totally. I think Robbie was just there in spirit. Yeah, unfortunately, I was busy beating people up that day. So, <laughs> I mean, but I mean, you took the win, though, right, Robbie? Oh, yeah. I placed first in the tournament. So, you know, I still had a good time, but deep down, I think I would have still enjoyed throwing dice. I feel like missing out on throwing dice gave you that extra anchor to uh, to climb to the top of the podium. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah. Because it's one thing to miss an event, but to miss an event and and lose, you know, what I missed it for, I would. That's unforgivable. So yeah, can't go down like that. Every time Robbie got a submission, he was like, "Fucking wish I could be <laughs> throwing some dice right now." <laughs> I didn't get my secret Santa present because of you. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, every time I went out and fought, I uh, I asked the guy what his initiative was to see who would attack first. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm glad you uh, managed to get Iron Arm yourself and just wreck some face. Yeah, I had Iron Arm, warp speed, and prescience, so I was uh, I was kind of <laughs> to anyone from his federation who's listening. performance enhancing drugs. Right. They're psychic <laughs> powers. Jeez. Different. I will I will you know be tested by the US uh DAA for stem stem drugs and, and all those stuff. So I had no combat stems, I promise. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but yeah. So we had the Christmas event in Richmond. We had how many people were there? There was a good amount, like Almost 20, I think, I want to say. Yeah, 18 or 20 is probably about right. Yeah. And some like people I didn't really know, which was good. Like, it wasn't just the usual bunch of nerds. Yeah. There were yeah. new and interesting nerds. That's right. We had somebody and, down from Pennsylvania, right? I think. Was that the guy with the Blood Angels army? No, that was the guy with the uh, the other Space Wolves. It was uh, Dan from oh, Pennsylvania. Yeah. yeah. He had the Space Wolves, yeah. and uh, Chase had the Blood Angels. Mm-hmm. And uh, beforehand, we had our, or Stephen held the second annual Horus Heresy trivia contest. 
Uh, third, third annual, quarters. actually. Third annual. Third annual, yeah. excuse me. It's second to me, but we'll say third. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, let's see, I believe uh, Austin was the f- official champion of that, I believe. Uh, yeah, that's the one that'll get written down in the paperwork. Right? And that's the only thing that matters. Jason. <laughs> Um, well, I think Jason surrendered his title to you, right? Just because he felt bad. Uh, that's not what the history books will record, but is probably more accurate than not. Also, uh, the winner has to organize the event next time around, and maybe just wasn't feeling that. Yeah, probably a good chance. <laughs> but that's brush up on your space wolf lore. That's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. It's the only one that matters. <laughs> I'm, I'm not really familiar with SBCA, but I'll, I'll look it up. Oh. If you wanted to have a say in this, you shouldn't have been beating the shit out of people. <laughs> I, will, I will say this. You are lucky I wasn't there. For you <laughs> would not be the Lord Master, because we all know who was, like, who was gunning for that title. And I think it was due to shenanigans. I think Steven found out when I was not going to be there. <laughs> That's what he did, because I would have made it. Afterwards, all right. Would have I would have? Oh, so yeah, you're suggesting? Do we already have? Do we already have snack talk for the next year already? That it's Steven, only fifty weeks. Yeah, that Stephen somehow rigged it so I would win. Yeah, because he's technically still under thrall to you from that whooping. You no, nope. uh, no, no. You uh, you missed it, and as part of the miracle. Of Candlemas, I released him from his oath. What? Like official paper and everything. Like there yeah. was a seal on it. Yeah, yeah, dude. Had a wax seal and everything. Did he cry? A little bit. <laughs> I mean, he does play <laughs> word bearers, so. Yeah, it's not really exciting mm. or surprising. But yeah, no, he has been released from his vow uh, and can talk all the shit he wants. What was the first thing he said? <sighs> Actually, I think I just had him in shock for a little bit. He didn't say anything. <laughs> the first thing I remember him saying was, man, that was cool, and now I feel bad for saying my speech. And he didn't say it right away. <laughs> I think the first thing he said is, this is a real wax seal. <laughs> yes, it's you're true. absolutely right. It was, Did, we, yes. did anybody get pictures of that? I mean, if not, we'll post them up uh, for people to see. I'm sure Steve's got some. Yeah. I'm not sure if anybody actually took a picture of it before it was, the seal was broken. Even oh, probably, well. probably drew in his journal about it afterwards. <laughs> his dream journal. It's uh, awesome. Yeah, but it was good. It was good. But uh, yeah, let the record show next year. Uh, y'all better be brushing up in your space wolf lore, and there will also be a segment entitled Obscure Regiments of the Imperial Militia. Mm-hmm. Oh, goody. No pun intended, Austin, but nah, dog. I'm not about that life. <laughs> That's why you'll never be lore master, Pat. It's okay. I'm fine with being war master. Mm-hmm. You only got your ass saved because there was a nightmare. Okay, let's be honest. Other I'm nights. pretty sure I would have won that fight. It's just Jason was itching for some uh, 
Primark kills. So, in, in <laughs> case anybody missed it, we were in a legit fight. Russ versus uh, Horus. After Russ had already been wounded. Wh- whatever. <laughs> you brought it upon yourself. You charged into me, so whatever. Um, and Jason brings back his Lancer and heroic intervenes on Horus, <laughs> essentially kicking Horus out of combat so he can stab Russ in the head with his lance. So you say it like that, and that sounds good, but you have to, like, accede to a heroic intervention. Like, you can't just be heroically intervened upon. You gotta be like, you know what? Yes, I am a little bitch. I will sit this one out. Mm. And he was. Well... Still the only Primark who was alive on the table, so. Yeah, it's because you sat in the back. All right, and for, for those of you who don't know, which I can only assume is some of you, can't possibly just be all us that listen to this podcast. Um, you say that. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, all 300 uh, listens are just me constantly at, re- putting it on repeat. At, re- at the request of the event organizer, uh, I brought Lehman Russ and a shit ton of Space Wolves. Uh, there was also, I think, the Lion was on the field using the rules for Nova. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on the trader side, uh, there was Horus and Lorgar. Uh, and also a shit ton of Knights. And Russ, I, like, I'd never run Russ. Uh, I just painted him up like two days before. So I'm just running him at stuff to see what happens. Uh, and the first thing that happens is he gets charged by two knight, uh, I can't pronounce it. With the a castigator and a lancer. Yeah. Two of them charge him. And about like eight just regular space wolves that are with him. Uh, Russ proceeds to just ruin the fucking lancer. Like just one, one round of combat and the lancer is gone. Uh, and then just leaves. It's like, you know what? I'm done here. And proceeds to run straight at Horus. And we do a couple of wounds to each other. And it's exciting. And it's interesting. And uh, Russ is down two wounds. But, you know, uh, he's nasty even in the, the toned down version. Mm-hmm. And then Horus, sensing he's about to fall into defeat, uh... Like, has a knight come pick him up and put him on his shoulders while the knight just, like, spears Russ through the chest? I, I don't know what happened there. Um, but in summation, Lehman Russ is an absolute fucking beat stick. Uh, and unless specifically requested, I don't, think, I don't think I would ever bring him. Unless it's something like, just bring the rudest possible thing you can imagine and stick <laughs> it on the table. Like, it was... It was rough. Like, I play a lot of militia. I'm used to, like, swarming, you know, that one Terminator with 30 guys because it's the only way the job's getting done. And it was a lot of fun to just have a massive beat stick running around to be like, you know what? I don't like that night. I'm going to go murder it. It was good times. It was good times. That being said, you and Jason are going to have a grudge match, right? Yeah. So, uh, Steven, now that he has been released from his oath, uh, has decided he will not pick up that challenge again. Uh, because oh, for <laughs> shame. <laughs> what, what abject cowardice. Uh, however, Jason has decided that uh, 
There's been far too much space with gloating. And let's face it, there's been a lot. Uh, so he has taken up the challenge uh, with the Thousand Sons. So I'm very excited to get that going. We haven't played uh, any of the games, but it'll be three games uh, starting at 1,000 and then 1,500 uh, and then 2,000 slash uh, whatever else he can paint between now and then because uh, he's only got about 2,000 points at T-Suns right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to do a Zone Mortalis, the smallest one, and then a Centurion for the midsize, and then just a straight up, probably something out of Inferno uh, for the last one. It's going to be exciting, because I'd love to see the Flexomancer go up against uh, Space Wolf Praetor, or even Russ. If you're going to bring Russ, I don't know if you will or not. Uh, not unless he gets Magnus Paint. Like, there's... He's so rude. Dave, you still got your Magnus? <laughs> I have uh, Magnus and Russ. You have Russ? Fuck yeah, I have Russ, dude. What? <laughs> you have, have him on that nice stand, too, don't you? Yeah, I have a, the beautiful display base that is god-awful to put together and almost impossible yeah. to like get him to fit in. But yeah, yeah, I have both. Huh. Damn. Learn something new every day. <laughs> so, yeah, with that being said, let's see. Who ended up winning the Christmas game? Oh, the Loyalist by a shit ton. That's true. <laughs> um, and, like, nobody's out to really, like, win the Christmas game. I should, I should start off with that. That's uh, true. It's, it's really a- just an excuse for bullshitting and having a lot of fun and just hanging out and playing with whatever new toy you got for Secret Santa. Exactly. Uh, But yeah, the Loyalist won like 28 points to 16 or something. Like something dumb one-sided. Largely because you got points for blowing up super heavies. And I think we only had like two on our side. And they had like five or six knights and kept bringing them back. So kept killing them. Right. (laughs) Because that's the point, is to have all your big toys. That's right. and there was like a loyalist armored column all on like the left side of the board that was slowly creeping in. Oh, so. and that was a beautiful thing to watch. Like the space, <laughs> the space wolves on that side didn't lose a single model until like turn or something when they were in the trader deployment zone. <laughs> beautiful. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it was a good time. And uh, the week after, uh, Robbie and I. We carpooled together, went up to Glen Burnie, Maryland for their uh, winter game, which was a lot of fun. It was a three-round, 1,500-point Centurion event, and uh, had a blast, really. Like, Fortunately, Ryan isn't here to talk about it. Might touch on it again on another episode, but like Robbie and I just came up there. There's about 20 people, I think at least 20 people. It was a great time. Yeah, there, I, had there, a, there's, I think it was right at 20 people playing. And I know there's a few people that were just hanging out. So they had, it was yeah. over 20 people at this event. So that was really cool. Plus it was also a charity for toys for tots and managed to donate well over 80 toys, which was pretty awesome. Had a good group of people. Oh yeah, it was good. And it was, um, it wasn't like a mega battle. Like uh, Richmond did, it was like a three-round uh, 
1500 point centurion so it was really cool to to play with some people uh that are from maryland or pennsylvania that you you see in passing but you never really had to get a chance um so it was a good time to you know call grudge matches and i ended up uh my first match uh was with uh, uh rob and he's a he's a virginia virginia hater uh he just likes anything from virginia <laughs> Uh, but he, he was he was a cool guy, uh, and he played Iron Warriors. And it was a real fun list. He had like the bane of, of I had like an all literally. I made my list the night before, and I was like, I'm picking one theme, Terminators. So I was like, that's what I'm doing, nothing else. And they died to mass auto cannons and Fury of the Legions, and like I learned. If you're gonna get in a gunfight, bring more than two combi plasmas, because uh, <laughs> you're gonna need it. You can't throw thunder hammers. I found that you, out. You you building a house back there, Robbie? No, I'm just <laughs> you building what's another one of those awesome goliaths. What's going on? <laughs> Are you hearing sounds? Yeah, maybe yeah. it's warped and angry. That how must be now? it. How about now? I moved location. You're fine. You're good now. <laughs> can you hear me now? Yeah, we can hear you just fine. Good. So yeah, on uh, my first game, I end up playing a uh, bow with his uh, Emperor's children against my Dark Angels, and that was a lot of fun. It came down to the wire. Um, if you donated a toy for the Toys for Tots that day, you got basically a secret objective that was worth five points if you managed to hold it at the end of the match, and. uh Bo managed to disable and or immobilize my Leviathan Dreadnought, which I brought as my Lord of Battle. So uh putting me at a distinct disadvantage, and the poor thing can only just watch as his uh get his contemporary to sweep up the rest of my troops and won the match five to zero. And that was my first game. Oof. So mm. so Robbie, how about your second game? Well, my second game was uh against this guy named Ryan. And we both had all Terminators. So he brought uh, Typhus and um, a bunch of Death Shroud, a bunch of uh, vanilla Terminators, and some Grave Wardens, and a Contemptor. And I had Fire Drakes, regular Terminators, uh, Tartaros, and Cataphracty, and Cassian Dracos. So we, we pretty much had like a, a mirrored list. It was really fun. And the objective was to get in your opponent's deployment zone and we both looked at each other like yeah that's probably not going to happen uh because <laughs> we're not getting very far we'll meet i'll meet you in the middle and then whoever gets whoever wins the the assault and gets a lucky consolidation will get at the end so i mean it, it came down to like the last turn of movement and winning the assaults and it was it was a really good game and then i wrote like an essay after um, and I'll save you some of the details, but it was about hot Terminator on Terminator action. And the name of it was 50 shades of great crusade. <laughs> That's pretty fantastic. So, uh, my second game was against the guy that Robbie played first, Rob with his iron warriors and had the same mission to get to the opponent's uh, deployment zone. 
And uh, that one actually turned out really well for me. I was rolling really well. And uh, he had a pretty good list. He had, what's that, the um, Damatar Ferrum? The Iron Circle? Yeah, Iron Circle Ferrum, yep. And uh, was it a 10 man squadron of the autocannons? The, the Havocs, I think they're called? Yeah, he had 10. Yeah. I don't know if he was running them as Havocs or just a heavy support. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's, ten, that's yeah. 20 autocannon shots. You know, that's wounding on twos. So, like, you're forcing people to take saves. And then he had, yeah. um, uh, I think, three tactical squads, I think, mm-hmm. if I recall correctly. So he, yep. had, he had a really good list. It was very, very balanced. And, you know, he deployed them very well. So, I, yeah. yeah, I got super scared of those autocannons because he managed to have the first turn and shot at my five man uh, heavy bolter squadron, which had the Dark Angel uh, acid shells and managed to take out two of my guys. I was like, oh boy, here we go. But um, the way we played it, and I asked each player before it started, the way I play acid shells just for the sake of speed of the game is I just take a single D6 and roll for the uh, whole squadron to determine the AP and um, managed to roll pretty lucky and shooting at the heavy support squadron he had, I managed to take out six, <laughs> six auto cannon guys in one round of shooting, which was like, as soon as that was taken care of, I was like, okay, I might actually be able to turn this around. And uh, my plasma five man plasma support squadron managed to take out a bunch of terminators and it was just kind of a slow grind at first. My command squadron managed to sweep up a tactical or a tactical squadron. And uh, honestly, by the end of the day, I was I managed to uh, table them at the last turn. So I, I rolled extremely lucky on that one. But uh, win is a win, and I'll take it. And uh, Rob was a fun guy to play against, and uh, we had a good time. Yeah, he's 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 a really cool dude. So yeah. Anybody ever gets the chance, uh, don't don't hold his hatred of Virginia against you. If you're from Richmond, it's just he was just brought up wrong. Uh, that's what they do in the north. <laughs> so. How about your third game, Robbie? So I got to play Bo for my third game. Um, I don't know if he he told Ryan he wanted to play me or something. Um, but um, our last time, uh oh, did we lose Robbie? Robbie. Robbie, no. We can hear you now. We can hear you now. You played Bo, and then you were talking about that. All right, so playing Bo. It was was going really bad for me in the beginning. uh, Because he had, like, one of the most, like, balanced Centurion lists. Uh, He had some land speeders. He had a recon squad, uh, and he's bringing tacticals. He had like extra combat weapons, apothecaries. Uh, he was led by a, a champion with a paragon blade. So he his list was was fluffy, and it was very uh, Venturian cinematic. So I was so worried because he had way more bodies than me. Uh, he also had a contemptor, and I was like, okay, this is. Uh, going to be really bad. I need to weather two rounds of shooting, and hopefully, I can get in quick enough. Um, the first, the first round, uh, 
nothing because we weren't in range. And then the second round, he ends up, his plasma support squad gets in, in range and starts dropping Terminators left and right. Um, and then my only, the only reason that I was even holding on at this point is because I had uh, my fire drakes hugging around Cassian Dracos. So they were, end up, they were getting a feel no pain. And I was just, you know, I was rolling well for them. But the rest of my army was just falling apart. Uh, but then, like, his speeders weren't coming in. He kept failing his reserve rolls. Uh, he started to whiff shots with his, uh, he got his contemptor into hand to hand with Cassian, and he just he couldn't blow him up. Uh, Cassian ended up, uh, you know, returning it and putting him out of it. And then, like, I went from saying, oh my God, I'm getting ready to get raffle stomped to like, though, I'm so sorry. I'm not trying to do this. <laughs> <laughs> like, like once the hammers got into range, I just started booping everyone's snoot. And then like emperor's children, they, they, they have to challenge. So it sucks because, you know, your apothecary should not be looking at this fire Drake master with the mastercraft with thunder hammer who has killed your, the the champion already it should not be be like, all right i'm i want you it's like no no i you don't need to challenge it's like yeah i i have to i'm sorry it's what we do but i didn't table him at the very end of the game he had one tactical left who was not falling back nice <laughs> a very gentlemanly win yeah so uh, my left someone to tell of it later huh? Yeah, yeah. You you speak of the glories of the salamanders. Nice. So uh, my third game was uh, against a guy named Blake. Real nice guy, and uh, he brought a super strong uh, thousand suns list, and it was a rough time for me. By the third game, I was uh, completely wore out, and <laughs> it it was a slaughter. Like uh, he had some uh, Sekbek terminators and a Praetor. And I managed to fly up on top of a building and start uh, just mowing down some of my tacticals. And uh, yeah, it was a it was a rough game, <laughs> to put it bluntly. But uh, he was a fun guy to play against. And um, let's see, yeah, I, I had to concede by turn five because I just did not. Uh, it was bad. <laughs> I don't know what to say. What yeah, do you that, get as far as psychic uh, powers? Um, it wasn't nothing too crazy. Um, I can't even remember most of it at the time, but the uh, the flying one. I don't know my psychic powers too well, so bear with me. He had the okay. flying one. <clears throat> I think you're talking about levitation, which levitation. lets him go twelve inches. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I called the wizard flight, and he also had a smite. And he had iron arm, but I was able to, um, I was able to n- deny a few powers that he played out, but it was, most of it was a lot of positioning. Like he positioned his units very well. He had a quad mortar in the back center of the table. So he was able to, uh, you know, at will pretty much launch frag grenades at me. He had a five man heavy support missile squadron on the other side was just taking taking care of my tacticals on another he he had a pretty damn strong list and uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> i honestly probably could have conceded by turn three but uh 
My mom didn't raise a quitter. So after five, I was like, okay. And when I had one tactical squadron left and they were just all swarming around me, it was like, okay. It was a fun, it was a fun time though. Those Castlex Ikea, man, they're like, for what they do and how much they cost, they're, they're such a good bargain. They're like, do you think so? You think, because I, I, I have three of them, Robbie, and I'll tell you, I think they're good if you can get them where they need to go, but they're so fucking slow. And, you know, all they have is uh, a Muller Bolt Cannon. Um, you can give them the upgrade to have the, um, whatever, the... Dark Fire Lance? Yeah, it's like a plasma. That's, no, you can't give them a Dark Fire Lance. You, it's, a, it's a plasma... Either, the Aether Flame Cannon? Aether flame cannon, which is only 36 inches. Um, so they're short range, they're slow, and if they hit, yes, they're 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 powerful. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm talking about in like in Centurion and like Zone. Oh, fuck yeah, like, dude. Dude, oh they, fuck yeah, dude. Oh fuck yeah, dude. It's insane. Ridiculous. Because like yeah. what what they do compare like to, like the same cost of something else. I'm just like I kid out there like what 175 points. You know you. You're like saying, dude, that's a that's a contemptor. They outperform contemptors. No, oh, it's 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 they're they're on the 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 level of Leviathan. And in a thousand sun list, you can use them as sort of like um, arc nodes too, right? So, oh yeah, they extend the range and the line of sight of your psychic powers. So yeah, they're they're very powerful in small point games. And For say sure. if your psychic praetor is in combat, he can still use his powers through the. Uh... Castlex, if I remember correctly, right? Yes, Trustees. I think so. Yeah, yeah. yes. It's like you can like shoot witch fires and stuff outside of like using your Castlex. Uh, so they are the origin yeah. of the psychic power for line of sight and everything else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, strong. But they have to be within twelve inches of the person that's trying to cast. Which in a small point game like Zoe Martalis, not that big a deal, right? Pretty powerful. So. I think Jason has like six of them right now no. that he's painting up. Yeah. Is he really? Yeah, that's, dude. That's, that's excessive. If I <laughs> play them, I will always ally in Dark Angels. <laughs> oh, that's Tyrannic cool. Greatsword action. Yeah, that's right. Even if it's just one Praetor, five veterans, and a Land Raider, I don't care. That's, that's, I just point and click Tyrannic Greatsword. What you going to do? <laughs> So, yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, like I said, a great time in Maryland last weekend. And so, yeah, that's what, uh, for the most part, what we've been up to. Anyone else got anything special going on? Just puttering around the old hobby station. Finished up a creepy Majos. That's about it. Yeah. Pretty sweet. Yeah. I started another top secret project. Mm. Uh, well, not top secret. I am making. Now it's your secret. So I've magnetized all of my uh, terminals for Titanicus, right? Ooh. Which is sexy. But the real thing that'll make this whole operation go smoother uh, is I'm making a, di- like, a display for them. Oh. So it's going to be a thing that'll clamp onto the table and have kind of like a conductor's thingy, <laughs> whatever you call those. You're going to look like open. 
the dungeon master. But Pretty much. Uh, and it'll open up, and they're going to be magnetized on the back as well. And there'll be some magnetic strips. So I can just stick them like that. So instead of, you know, taking up two and a half foot of a four by six that you need four foot of to play the game on, uh, they'll just be kind of like up in the air, not taking up any space at all. <laughs> That's awesome. It's my plan. Just True hobby dedication right, right there. 30 bucks. 30 bucks all it cost. Unless I fucked up, in which case I'll need to buy replacement parts. <laughs> I'm just going to pay a, now. See, I'm going to pay a Magic the Gathering card player $10 per game to hold my terminals for me. He's going to be like <laughs> my, little, my little moderato. All right, folks, we are back. And uh, Dave, you want to talk about fortifications and terrain? Yeah, I mean, specifically uh, about using terrain and like thematic terrain and uh, interactive terrain in your games, right? So um, I know that when I'm when I dig through the black books, man, there's just so much like um, really characterful descriptions of thematic terrain right and i've i've always wanted to play those games it just feels like when we get to the table and we put our armies down and we look at the terrain we're just like four up ruins you know uh you know you know six up you know scatter and it's it's just it's just really static and it just feels really kind of like okay that's what we've got to work with that's what we'll play around but um i kind of want to like do and this is not the first time I've said this, but I'll make it an impassioned plea to the community to like, just like slow down and take some time, maybe do a little prep work before your game and come to the game with like a really cool piece of terrain or um, use some of the rules out of the black books. And I'm going to give you guys some um, really good references here. So um, I'll make this pretty quick, right? The first one is, for a lot of folks that don't know this, um, the Age of Darkness rules, when we got our big red rule book, right, um, we got the entire Stronghold Assault from 7th edition ported in. Um, so it made that standalone rule set part of the Age of Darkness. So these guys, you know, so Hor- Horus Heresy, Forge World, the designers, they want you to play with a lot of terrain. They want you to play with thematic terrain. And so um, there's some great uh, rules for playing with that. It's in your Age of Darkness rulebook. It starts on page, um, uh, well, I think it starts on page 99, Battlefield Terrain. Um, But page 101 gives you the rules for Battlefield Debris. So just to kind of like give you guys a little bit something to sink your teeth into, right? Um, You can play with craters. Um, Craters are a six-up cover save, um, regardless of whether or not you're 20%, 25% obscured. But if you go to ground in those craters, um, then you get a plus two uh, to your cover save rather than just a plus one. So it's cumulative, right? So if you go to ground in craters, you'd have a four-up cover save, which I think is really cool that they kind of wrote that in. And then you have rules for like rubble and wreckage. Um, And you have rules for tangle wire and tank traps. 
You have rules for imposing statuary. Um, so there's just so much goodness in here, guys. Um, and it's, it's, it's really cool. Now, the one thing that I do want to bring everybody's attention to, because it's been kind of lost, and it's one of the things I've always wanted to, to uh, incorporate into my games, and, and that's you know being able to reduce terrain on the battlefield. So in Book 4, Conquest, uh, on page 198, uh, within the City Fight Rules section, um, under the specific mission, uh, Judgment of Battle, there's a call-out box, and it's, we'll post this in the, um, uh, on the podcast uh, Facebook site as well, but it's called Setting Ruins and Buildings of Flame, and then Demolishing Ruins and Buildings. So, like, how many times have you just had a fucking pain in the ass, uh, heavy support squad camped out in four up ruins? It's annoying, right? It's just, it's, it's stupid. Um, it's just these guys and even worse, right? If you get somebody who's got shrouded, uh, or if you've got somebody who's got, you know, some other, uh, stealth, right? So they're improving that cover save now by one. So it's four up or it's a three up or it's a two up. Right? That's just, it, it becomes sort of like, oh man, I've got to either ignore those guys or really put a lot of resources into that. But with this rule, um, so specifically demolishing ruins and buildings, which is the second rule in the callout box. Uh, if you take a turn and you get a unit in contact with that terrain piece, um, or, or if it's part of the board, you just define what part of the board it is, right? And they spend a turn, um, not performing any other actions, but just placing, uh, demo charges, uh, you can basically remove it. Um, and then it becomes a six up. Like how fucking powerful is that? Oh, that's you know? cool. yeah. Yeah. I love, I love it, dude. It's all of a sudden outflanking vets coming in off the table, spend a turn Well, they're not going to do much anyway. Right. Cause they can't charge, but now they can spend a turn taking out, you know, a really annoying obstacle instead of maybe firing a plasma shot, right. Or, or one, you know, flamer shot. I mean, it's just, it just gives your outflanking vets, I think, a lot more versatility. Um, and then there's this other really cool rule called setting ruins and buildings aflame. Um, so you can literally set your uh, terrain pieces on fire. I, I'm not going to read the rules because I want you guys to go find these rules in your books and um, just explore having super thematic battles in, in the heresy. So page 198, book four. Book four is also the best book uh, with, with, like, out any doubt in, uh, in, the, in the Black Damn Book straight series. Damn All right. So um, just to continue on, what does book three give you? Uh, book three gives you some really cool shit, man. Uh, page 182. There's a mission called Deadly Ground. Uh, check it out. Read it. It's awesome. Um, it's got really thematic terrain pieces and rules for that as well. Uh, book one, what does book one give you? In the very beginning, right? Alan Bly, man, he knew, he knew, and he wanted you guys to play with this. So I'm going to wet your whistle again with some cool rules for thematic terrain. Page 166 and 167. Um, 166 gives you a call-out box with specific terrain for Istvan 3. Um, I'm not going to go through all of it, but check this out. Unexploded ordnance, unexploded macro shells, Ooh. missiles, 
Yeah, dude. Right? Dude, that's so fucking cool. Yeah. Like, shit that fell out of orbit, right? I mean, just battlefields littered with, like, you know, macro cannon shells and and other unexploded ordnance. So you can get a cover save, and uh, there's a chance that if you're behind it and you get a cover save, it goes boom. And it goes boom in a big way. So check it out. It's pretty cool. Um, corpse mound, right? Uh, how many battlefields that, that, you know, the heresy was fought over have just thousands of dead, either legionaries or mortals. And so, you know, you can, you can hide behind these mounds of corpses, but you also take negatives to your, uh, to your leadership. And, um, it's just so much good stuff, guys. Page 167. Um, there's a catacomb entrance. So you can duck into a catacomb and then pop up somewhere else on the table. Shield dome generator, ordnance cache. So there's all this cool terrain that you guys can use in your game. And also like the modeling like opportunities here, right? Just to build a fucking badass piece of terrain. I- I'm kind of at the point, right, with my heresy that I don't I don't like need any more armies. I don't want any more armies. I don't want any more stuff that I have to like learn a lot of rules for and, and learn how to play. But I'm putting a lot of time and, uh, and resources into building like terrain and battlefields and really cool tables. Um, so I don't know. It just feels like, uh, feels kind of like right for me. So I hope you guys find something cool in that little, uh, We'll dive deep dive there for your uh, for your heresy games and like take some time, man, before you guys throw throw together a game. Maybe look through the black books, pick out a scenario that you've never played before, pick out a narrative scenario. You know, just don't don't just play the the same six missions over and over again. Go find something that's fucking asymmetrical or you know has crazy victory point conditions. Oh, dude, the Shadow War missions so much like oh my gosh like i get i get tired of doing like the main six in the rule book uh so like every chance i get it's like hey uh, you want to do one of these missions instead there's a really really cool one that the only way to win is to challenge the enemy warlord and win in combat we should do that one (laughs) because all i have is fire drakes For Again, our no. last, for our last game, uh, to determine which legion was best, Stephen and I did the uh, the last mission in the Inferno campaign, like arc, which starts with Russ and Magnus. In this case, just our two Praetors, just like already in combat, wailing on each other, and it was a blast. Oh, that one! Oh, that is. I've read that one. That is a really fun looking mission. But, I mean, I'd agree with you, Dave. I I do find that, like, you know, y- you get in the same same rut where, like, you play a game with somebody and it's just like, hey, my army's over here, your army's over there, we're just running at each other. There's there's no real objective to it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it, 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 it re- almost introduces, like, a third player into the game, right? Like, you've got terrain now that can fucking kill you. Uh, right. If you play with dangerous oh, yeah. rules, um, and then it, you know, also terrain that you can interact with and say, like, take away, um, like significant advantage. And I know I've played games 
where, you know, certain lists, you know, and it's no fault of anyone's like, that's the list they brought. Um, man, if they can camp out in four up ruins, like that's a like quad mortars, right? Fucking, I hate quad mortars because of that shit, right? Fucking camp out in, in four up ruins and you just gotta, you've got to dedicate significant resources to going and rooting them out. Um, because they're T seven and then they've got that four up involve. And so you put a, you put a squad of vets over there and you delete that terrain and make it a six up. I mean, now we're talking, dude. Um, and, uh, and it's just, it's cool. I like the idea of being able to like even blow up buildings and take a building and reduce it to rubble or a crater. Um, I've always liked that in games game like 40k a long 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 time ago long long time ago like when i was just starting out they had that i don't forget what edition it was but had that. so actually i was just thinking about this not too long ago um i want to play a game where we treat every ruin uh not as ruins but as a dilapidated bastion uh that means you can shoot at it and it's going to have whole points so even though like you know you, we play it the same like you move around like they're ruins but you can shoot them to bring them down. Cause I was thinking like, dude, if you, I had so much fun doing it in Adeptus Titanicus being able yes. to people cover. I was like, dude, realistically, if I've got people in those runes over there that are hampering me. What, what, I, what would a normal commander do? They'd fucking bring down a bombardment. They would level that stuff. Absolutely. Like, mm-hmm. like your ruins. I, I want to shoot them. Like, yeah, you're still going to get your cover, but, I want to be able to treat it like that. I can shoot it down. I was like, so how would I do that without, you know, making a new rule? Uh, then going through the rule book, it had, uh, you know, dilapidated structures. Anybody can claim one. Um, you know, you just treat them like the normal, you know, bastion yeah. if armor 13, which is, that means auto cannons can do it. You know, missile launchers, last cannons, the stuff that would normally wreck buildings. Uh, you know, you would use that to level these buildings and force people to get out of it. So, which, which, you know, you think about it, like if I'm on the fourth story of some ruins, if you shoot, you know, a, a barrage or something, you know, and I fail my cover saves, I just lose some moves. If I pass my cover saves, I'm good. But that structure should not be as stable the first time you fire at it than it is on the, like the fifth or sixth turn. Like it, <laughs> Could definitely be a little level. Like I just shot your quad mortars and ruins with like, you know, my master of signal. It it should not be as strong now. So I kind of like want to play around with like the dilapidated structures a little bit and see how people like that. Yeah, so, definitely. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, that was that was it, man. I just I'm on the same boat with you because I'm st- like, yeah the the the, the other- flat ruins. Um, it's kind of getting bland. So, and I do like, I do like a little more, like, I want to be able to like, you know, objectives being like, Oh, that, that little cannon is an objective. If you get in contact with it, not only are you going to score that objective, but you can control it. You know, it kind of gives a little more feel like, why are you moving to get this? It's not just, Oh, it's because the mission says you need to get objective two. you score points at the end. like, how about I get to this weapons cage? And then if I'm within two inches of it, I'm get to, I'm gonna get to reroll ones while I'm firing. You know, it's stuff like making your terrain and objectives more um, immersive, more and thematic. Yeah, absolutely. Totally on the same track with you, man. 
Yeah, no, that's that's really cool. It does take some it takes some like dedication up front to kind of hammer that down with with uh, with your community. But I think the the dividends are are huge in the long run. Um, also, when you when you take terrain and you treat it as a as a building, um, like what Robbie's talking about, then you can bring in to you can incorporate building rules, right? So repel the enemy. So now you can deploy out of that building and you don't take minuses for um, like difficult terrain, right? Or uh, defending over difficult terrain. You can deploy out of the building, get all your guys out of that really kind of difficult to manage whatever beautiful terrain you have on the board, but it's maybe not easy to like game in, right? So the mechanics of the game don't lend themselves to like putting your models in that. You, you can get out of it just like you would get out of a vehicle and then you can charge, right? So when you start to use building rules for pieces of terrain instead of just treating them as static, um, there's a lot of like uh, of, of dynamism that can come into the game um, that's, I think, really cool. And uh, I, would, I would definitely recommend checking it out, trying it out, maybe small point games so it doesn't feel like it's slowing your game down. So I think that's always the thing, right? The thing is always like, wow, why don't we do that? Well, it feels like it's slowing the game down. And so if you play big games, maybe, maybe that's not the right place to start. Maybe play a small game and just really focus on getting those, um, those special terrain rules down, you know, and then build from there. But uh, yeah, that's it. Dude, I think it would like do the opposite though. It would speed the game up because uh, it would just create more carnage and not like, you know, <laughs> you, you, the only way it would slow you down if you didn't know the rules. But if you knew the rules, I think like, like, dude, I'm like, I could already see like, it's like the, the inner iron warriors coming out right now. It's like, yeah, we're going to shatter your defenses. Like, yeah, you may not have gotten to this piece of, uh, you know, fortification yet, but I know that's where you need to get to so you can hamper down and stop my advance to get to this objective. I'm going to go ahead and level it now. Okay. I'm going to blow this up before you even get there. Uh, okay. Cause <laughs> I don't need, I, I need this to be open ground so I can just keep shooting you in the open. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's the dream. I love it. Well, thanks, Dave, for like, you know, I guess it's kind of weird to say bringing it to our attention, but like bringing it back into like the consciousness of of 30K, just something new to think about or something old but new to think about. Yeah, it's just my little uh, it's my little spiel for today, guys. Thanks for thanks for uh, (laughs) indulging me. And uh, if you do like it and you play games and it works uh hit us up on facebook and tell us uh how you're using um you know novel rules for for terrain and thematic terrain from the books or the shit that you made up man um if it if it enhances your your gameplay just just hit us up let us know what's going on cheers yeah most definitely so um we covering anything else tonight guys i I think that's about it Robbie Austin? No, no, I think that's good. That's a lot of stuff to mess around with. Um, you know, like going to the black books and, uh, you know, it was good confirmation uh, when we did get our Age of Darkness rule book that they had ported over the Stronghold Assault. So we are obviously most definitely meant to be using fortifications and terrain. So it's not something that, you know, 
you know, that was lost in additions. It's like, it is very much approved and, you know, they have little snippets about, you know, kit bashing terrain too. So, you know, making like a basilica and a ministorum, like they're, they're giving you the reins to be creative. Like as long as you come to terms and you can, you know, agree on it with your opponent, uh, you should, you should let your heart, you know, just create what it wants to create and, and use your, your creativity and your imagination and, you know, immerse yourself in the fluff. And you don't have to use, you know, the cookie cutter. This is, you know, a basilica. This is um, a, a shrine of the Aquila. It's like, no, make, make the buildings you want to make and then just come to terms with your opponent and then be, you know, you know, experiment with it and then create new rules, use different uh, objectives and just keep, keep the game fresh is all, all you gotta do. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and even for like the guys that are maybe less about the fluff, right? Like every, I think everybody here is pretty much just a narrative gamer first and foremost. And like, we like a good fight, but it's more about the story. But even if you're one of those guys that is just like, you know what, you know, I don't really like painting. I just like like the, the tactics of it, the thinking, the thinking man's game, right? Uh, like messing around with terrain changes so much, right? From a tactical perspective, like Dave was saying, like there's some lists and like they're fluffy lists, right? Like Iron Warriors with friggin' Phosphate squad mortars for days. That's a fluffy list. It's really like it gets bored. But you start throwing in like weird terrain stuff, suddenly it's a whole whole new ball game. So yeah, there's a reason for everybody to try it out. Yeah. Well, um, anything you guys want to plug? Other than uh, you know, guys, make sure to like us on Facebook, like us on SoundCloud. Uh, you can listen to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, if you have any comments questions concerns you like what we're doing you don't like what you're doing what we're doing leave us a comment leave us a uh, facebook message you know i would like to plug uh eggnog spiked with woodford reserve <laughs> oh. the nectar of the gods thank you robbie for reminding me that i gotta get on my eggnog it's 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 time to get your oh, fucking yeah. eggnog game on. Yeah. I have an eggnog recipe. I think it uses like three different types of like bourbon and whiskey. I got to find it. That's oh, good eggnog. It's, it's good nog. It's not, it's dude, it's good shit. I'll try to bring some one of these days, man. It'll at like an Ed house kind of get together. <laughs> yeah. I was working outside all day and I, I came in and I was like, I need to warm up. I need to warm up quick. And I was like, oh, <laughs> got the nog. I'm, I'm all right. We're good to go, Rosie. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, okay. uh, I would like to do a quick shout out to uh, the guy who did my Secret Santa, actually, Daniel Taylor. Fucking Tiny Knights. They were absolute garbage the first time I took them. But man, are they pretty. Uh, <laughs> he did he did me up three tiny Adeptus Titanicus Knights. Uh, and they're beautiful, and he's painted them each a different color for a little free blade house. And the first game I brought them in, uh, two-thirds of them died to accidental scattering of other people's guns. And I don't think they fired a round all game. It was a sad day. But they're glorious, and that's what's important. 
And they survived that game against Jason. Oh, yeah. No, their second game, uh, I painted up the one that I had sitting around, and they did work. Uh, the unlucky one apparently got killed off early. And, uh, yeah, they brought down a warlord all by their own. That's what it, it was, was awesome. You, you had one that just had bad karma. Yeah, like they got a couple yeah. of Jason's knights and then <laughs> ran over and played tag with a warlord. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I was wondering where those knights came from. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Nice. But yeah, that's all I got. All right. Well, uh, guys, uh, thanks for listening to the Remember Series Retreat. Uh, this has been Pat, Dave, Austin, and Robbie, and also uh, Jesse. We hope you all uh, have enjoyed the episode, and we'll see you all later. <laughs>